Good to see you, Hope Harbor. Blessings and God's mercy and peace on you today. Thank you, Dr. Barkley, for coming to us and giving us encouragement and exhortation in the Word of God. I hope you received that, church. I just want to share something with you before we get started. The Lord has dropped this uh, prophetic word in, in my heart, and we're going to pray exactly as He instructed us by the Spirit to pray over this demon that's actually behind the situation that we're facing. The Lord spoke to my heart, and He said, Like a downpour can instantly clear the dull sky when the clouds roll back, so I will clear the earth of the spiritual fog and its corresponding natural consequences. I will do this with a sudden downpour of my glory. I will do this and the world will know there is a God in heaven. Masses will recognize that and praise me. Amen. They'll recognize it and praise him. No man, no institution. He'll receive all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. So I want you just to bow your heads with me now. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Let's believe God together. Father, we do address this thing in the natural, but we also address this thing in the realm of the spirit. And we just bind up this demon. We curse it in Jesus' name. We command this thing to loose its grip on this world, loose its grip on this nation, loose its grip on the consciousness of the people. We command you to cease and desist. We plead the blood of Jesus and we fire every weapon at our disposal at this thing. Suddenly we believe, Lord, the breakthrough is there. We thank you for the downpour of glory that will drive this thing out. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to share a couple things with you before we dive into the Word. We're going to learn how to triumph over the flesh today. The Bible is very plain about the importance and uh, the critical aspect of, of corporate prayer, believing God together coming into agreement. You can do that with us tonight at 6 o'clock across Zoom. You'll receive the link as one of our active families. And if you don't receive that link, if you'll just email us at info at hhc.life, we'll make sure you get that. Info at hhc.life, and then you can participate in this Zoom prayer meeting. The meeting so far have been very, very powerful and just uh, awesome. I want to encourage you also to tune in every night, uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We have some team teaching coming to you each week just to build you up and just develop you. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So tune in and be a part of what God is doing. And I can't promise you that everybody will wad up their notes and throw them like paper wads like Todd, but we will have some teaching, hallelujah, and the Word of God going forth. Well, I want to also thank you for being faithful in your giving during this season, whether it's dropping it by the church, mailing it in, or using the convenient e-giving options, uh, that's a very powerful way to stand in agreement with the ministry as we go through this season. And I can tell you that uh, God has been faithful and you've been faithful. And if, uh, you know, God's talking to your heart and challenging you about this, you just don't participate when you're physically here. You should participate and be faithful no matter where you are. And if you're watching this and you have a home church, we're glad you're tuned in and we can be a blessing to you. But you make sure you give and tithe to your church during this season. Make sure you're faithful. You'll be amazed how much blessing that will be to your church or church leadership and to your future coming out of this particular season. Church, we're not coming out of here weaker. We're not limping along in Jesus' name. We're going to come out more powerful than we've ever been, more victorious than we've ever been. And it's still the year of triumph, hallelujah. No matter what you see, fear, you know, feel, or hear, you, you, not, you got to know and remind yourself, this is a year of triumph. And it's word, the word of God, it's the prophecy of God that prevails 
in this situation. So let's dive in this today. I want to read to you again this year's scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. Glory to God always leads you in triumph, always leads you victorious. Then I'm going to read this to you from Galatians 5.16 and talk about this, this concept of triumph and victory over the flesh. Uh, Galatians 5.16 says this, Walk in the Spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh or the desires. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Spirit is allowed to be Lord, there is freedom. Then in 1 John 2.16, we've all heard this and familiar with the scripture, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life come not from the Father, but from the world. So we need to understand that uh, there are a lot of things that are going on and a lot of things that, that are in maybe a shortage mode right now. Toilet paper, hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes, beef, and freezers are not the only things in short supply during this COVID-19 season. Now, faith-filled believers and believers who actually hold to and walk in the Spirit of God are rarities as well. So I'll say to somebody right now, I'm going to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. I'm going to have triumph over uh, the, the flesh that tries to dominate during this season. Now, it's easy to start relying on your flesh when you doubt the character will or power of God. Let me remind you of this. You can count on God's character. You can be sure that it is his will to take care of you, and you can be assured he has the power to take care of this situation. There's no need for you to walk in uncertainty in this situation in this time. All you have to do is turn on the television, and you'll hear one commercial after another in this uncertain time, in this uncertainty we live through. Well, guess what? That may be the way it is for the world, but you can be certain that you have a God who is certain to give you his compassion, who is certain to give you his intervention, and certain to give you his restoration. If something's missing, God's able to restore it. He's able to bring back that shalom, nothing missing and nothing broken. That needs to be where your faith is at. So stop walking around talking about how uncertain it is and start talking about how certain your God is and faithful your God is. You know, with this COVID-19 situation, we're starting to reach really a critical mass. and It becomes even more important for you as a Christian to be led of the Spirit rather than dominated by the flesh, to handle things differently than the world and even some believers that are out there. Everywhere you look right now, it's a flesh fest. Everywhere you see, it's flesh in this situation. There's worry and there's confusion, there's fear, there is hoarding, there's short tempers, you know, judgment. I just saw an article the other day, a lady went into a Costco and bought $900 worth of stuff. Well, if you're observing this and you don't know the backstory, you might think this person is uh, selfish and hoarding and what's wrong with them mentally. Then they went to another store and bought another 200 And someone in the line at Costco judged them and actually cussed this lady out and come to find out she had been shopping for six at-risk families and boxed it all up and personally delivered the food. You know, that's not what we need to be doing right now is judging each other. We don't need any PPE, you know, police out there trying to see your mask and see if you got the right whatever on. You know, that's not what our job is. Our job is to walk in love and walk in the spirit rather than in flesh. And then, of course, we have people in this country taking credit for what's happening in their state. One governor said, you know, faith didn't do this. God didn't do this. You know, I did this. We did this. Well, you know, there's nothing 
within a few uh, weeks or months or years of eating grass, it can't take care of that. You know, read the story of Nebuchadnezzar and find out when leaders take credit for what God is actually doing. No, God's a move in this situation. And then we have other people actually telling people to take pictures and turn people in. Now listen to me very carefully. We've already been importing China's junk for decades. We've already imported China's virus. We do not want to import China's values and cultural, you know, distinctives. You know, right after 1949, after the revolution in China, the communists took over and instituted a cultural revolution where they, you know, enlisted 15, 16-year-olds to run around with armbands and tell on professionals and teachers and doctors and business people who weren't towing the line of the chairman Mao and turned these people in, sent to re-education camps, some of them killed, some of them died. Listen to me, American leaders should not be telling people to go spy on other Americans when their liberties are already being compromised. That's not who we are. So I don't want to import anything else from China right now. Let's stick to being what we are, people of God and people of liberty in this place. I can't hear you out there, but I know I'm getting some amens. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. We are not totalitarians, and we're not going to function that way. Well, I want to talk to you about this flesh, because if you're going to get triumph over the flesh, if you're going to actually have victory over the flesh, then you're going to have to understand exactly what we mean by the flesh. And and a lot of Christians, even mature Christians, don't fully understand what the flesh actually is. Well, let me read this to you from what Paul said in Romans chapter 7. Maybe you feel just like he felt in struggling with the flesh. Scripture says that uh, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer you know, I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Uh, When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's that spirit man. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know who rescues us. We know who gives us triumph over the flesh. Well, understand this. The flesh is not just the body. Many people think, well, my flesh is this body that I'm carrying around, and one day God will give me a new body. No, listen to me carefully. The flesh is not the body. The flesh is the uncontrolled body. Paul said, I beat my body into subjection. Scripture tells us that we're supposed to take authority over things that go contrary to the Word of God. It's not your body. It's an uncontrolled body. The flesh is the uncontrolled body. The flesh, second of all, is not the mind. It's the unrenewed mind. We're told in Romans to renew that mind, to let the Word of God, Ephesians says, to wash that mind and renew that mind. The Bible tells us to be carnally minded or flesh-minded is death, Romans 8. The Bible tells us that a natural man cannot accept the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they're spiritually appraised. No, the flesh is not the body, it's the uncontrolled body. It's not the mind, it's the unrenewed mind. The flesh, number three, is not the will, 
It's the unsubmitted will. We need to always pray and always look forward to God leading and directing our lives. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. We can be like Jesus who said in the scroll, you know, here am I. I'm here to do your will. It's not just having a body of mind and our will that somehow that that are unredeemable. No, God redeemed us in every way through Jesus' blood. It's about having a controlled body, a renewed mind, a submitted will. And fourth, the flesh is not the emotions. It's the unrestrained emotions. We often say it like this. God gave you your emotions to experience life, not to run your life. At some point in time, the Christian has to stop doing knee-jerk reactions actions and decisions based on how they feel. You can feel strongly and yet yield to what God would say by his spirit or his word. Understand this, that you have emotions, you have a will, you have a mind, you have a body, and that's not just because they exist, they are of the flesh. They're the flesh when they're not being renewed by God and his power and his word. So understand this. What I want you to understand is the focus on just the body to empower your flesh to dominate you. If you just focus on that body, you're only dealing with one quarter of the issue. You've got to address the body, the mind, the will, and the emotions if you're going to have triumph over your flesh. Let me give you an example. You know, somebody thinks that uh, they don't want to see somebody on this earth anymore. So they begin to think about taking their life. They think, they plot, they plan, they wait. It's not just the body that does the deed. You can see their emotions are involved, their mind is involved, their will is involved, and their body is involved. If we're going to triumph over the flesh, we're going to have to pay attention to every dimension. He just didn't redeem one. He just didn't cause us to be perfect in our spirit. He's also moving to redeem and restore all these other elements. And one day we'll be fully sanctified. One day we'll be fully glorified. But right now, if you want to have victory and triumph over the flesh, you've got to understand what the flesh actually is. And it does you no good for preachers to tell you how horrible you are and beat you down and destroy, you know, whatever good thing is going on inside of you. Somehow you're, you're a terrible louse. You'll never be anything because you sinned or you keep sinning. You know, that knowledge is not going to help you. What you really need is how can I defeat this by understanding with revelation how this actually works in everyday life? Well, let me give you this, for example. What is the flesh? It is what? It's to be carnal in your body. What's the flesh? It's to be carnal in your mind. What is the flesh? It's to be carnal in your will and be carnal in your emotions. And you don't have to be. You're not just being carnally minded. You can be carnally emotive. You can be carnally with your physical body. You can be carnal with the wills and the decisions that are there in your heart. Well, listen to this. Let me give you some truth about walking in the spirit instead of the flesh. You know, it means following the prompts of the spirit instead of the urges of the flesh. We all know that there are urges of the flesh, but just don't think body, think body, mind, you know, will, and emotions. It means the spirit always leads us into faith and not into doubt and unbelief. Always. Whatever's going on in your mind right now, however you're handling this situation, the Spirit of God is not leading you into worry, into doubt, into fear, into fretting. That's not a person who's walking in the Spirit. That's a person who's walking in the flesh. Number three, it means manifesting the fruit of the Spirit rather than the works of the the flesh, according to Galatians chapter 5. Listen to this. It means walking in confidence and certainty with God 
certain of his compassion, his intervention and restoration, rather than walking in uncertainty. You know, you want to make sure you understand your God is faithful and he's powerful. He's almighty. It means addressing the turbulence in the spirit realm instead of struggling in the natural realm. Believe me, your problem is not no toilet paper on the shelf. The problem you're dealing with is a demon who's behind everything that's going on. In domino effect here. Jesus dealt with the turbulence in the wind when he said to the wind and the waves, peace, be still, and it died down. That'd be a wonderful thing for you to put in your vocabulary nonstop during this season. When something comes up, some fearful thought, some worried thought, something that you are struggling with, peace, be still. When you find another believer struggling, deal with the turbulence in the air, in that realm of the spirit, and not in the natural realm. Also, it means the Spirit always leads us to dependence on God rather than on self. You're not capable of navigating these things with your flesh. Your flesh is not anointed to do these things. You're empowered by God and through God to actually be victorious in this situation, but not by being self-reliant. And you're hearing a lot of voices out there, you know, trust me, I'm saying this. Well, it's like Dr. Barkley said, there's so much contradiction out there, you don't know who to believe in the natural. But can I tell you something? The Word of God and the Spirit of God will never misdirect you and never lie to you. The Lord, Lord put this uh, phrase in my heart for you this morning. He put this concept of one fit of flesh. Church, one fit of flesh can take you out of God's best for your life. One fit of flesh that you yield to. Walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and then one fit of flesh. Why? Because the flesh is powerful, it's persistent, it's persuasive, and it's opportunistic. It's looking for an opportunity, you know, to get in there and mess things up for you. Now, Lester Summerall said it like this, you know, you have a fit of flesh, you get out there and run amok and get outside the will of God, you may not ever get back in again. And this is a prime time for people to do one or two things, either to get more hot for God and on fire for God than you've ever been, or have that fit of flesh and find yourself defeated rather than victorious and triumphant over this thing called the flesh. For example, Adam and Eve had a fit of flesh and brought the curse on us. Cain had a fit of flesh and was marked for life. Abraham had a fit of flesh, and that's where Ishmael came from. Can I tell you something, church? Ishmaels are a lot easier to get than get rid of. In a fit of flesh, Job's wife told him to curse God and die. In a fit of flesh, Joseph's brother sold him into slavery. In a fit of flesh and jealousy, Saul was stripped of his kingdom. In a fit of flesh, Moses in anger struck the rock and was not permitted to go into the promised land. In a fit of flesh, Haman made a gallows for Mordecai and ended up hanging himself. That's the way it is with a lot of people who are back-channeling and in intrigue and, and conniving and playing all kinds of games and all kinds of you know, motives and, and kinds of gimmicks and tricks. Be careful, you could end up on a gallows you made for somebody else. Joshua made a treaty with the Gibeonites because of a fit of flesh. The Bible says, you know what, he inspected their goods and they were you know, putting old food and old clothes and old shoes on. He inspected what they had, but he did not inquire of the Lord. And that's why in a fit of flesh, sense-based living, he created this, this treaty with the Gibeonites that he was then forced to defend and support.
How seriously did God take Joshua's fit of flesh? How much did God expect him to live up to that? Later on, when Saul executed Gibeonites, David had to atone for that with having a certain number of men of Israel taken out as a recompense for that. Listen, what you create in a fit of flesh, you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to live up to. But in a fit of flesh, David took another man's wife and then conspired to kill him. In a fit of flesh, Jonah flew away, you know, on the, on the vessel away from Nineveh, away from the will of God. Elijah almost gave up in depression in a fit of flesh. Ahithophel plotted revenge on David for his granddaughter Bathsheba's sake, and that took him out of the will of God. Peter, in a fit of flesh, denied the Lord three times. You kind of get the picture here. Thomas, you know, missed out on the initial resurrection meeting with Jesus and the others because of a fit of flesh. You know, some people who yield to a fit of flesh may not come back. One of my uh, favorite, uh, you know, instructors in uh, cemetery, seminary, I mean, uh, was a wonderful man of God, a wonderful teacher. I had him for several core classes and also attended his church when I was in grad school. And uh, in a fit of flesh, he got involved with multiple ladies at his church in Missouri. And uh, that wasn't the end of the story. That thing began and continued to dominate his life, became a chaplain. Somebody reached out to him in Sacramento to restore him to life and to ministry. The pattern continued. Last I heard, he was at Fort Leavenworth, not in the jail, but serving there as a chaplain. And uh, in that setting, eventually he took his own life. You know, it's not just a game we're playing here. To be carnally minded, the Bible says, is death. To be carnal in your body, in your mind, in your will, and your emotions is death. But God's given us the keys to victory in this situation. I just want to point out to you that if you think you can just have a fit of flesh in the midst of COVID-19 and it ain't going to matter what happens, I'm telling you this is not the time for you to freak out. It's the time for you to bear down on the things of God like you never have before. Well, you know, there was a law of sin and death that's affected us and caused us to have a problem with the body, the mind, the will, and the emotions. There are some laws that will protect you from the fit of flesh. And I'm going to give you three of these. Think of these as a, as a three-legged stool, that if on the top of that stool is written triumph, if you have all three of them, you're going to be strong and victorious over the flesh. If you kick one of those legs out, you're going to have a hard time being victorious. I'm going to share a lot of scriptures with you here from Romans, uh, the book of Romans in particular. But uh, these are irrevocable principles. That's the point. In other words, they're fundamental truths or propositions that serve as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior. It's a chain of reason. It's why we do what we do. And if you will hold to these, you know, you're not holding to all the laws, you know, of the old covenant. And you're not trying to please God just by, you know, you know, crossing certain T's or dotting certain I's. No, it's about doing things that are revealed in the new covenant that our laws are principles that produce victory in your life. And I encourage you to actually write these down and let the Lord minister to you, you know, as we go through these. But first of all, it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Listen to this from Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation, no condemnation, there is no adjudging guilty of wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. For the law 
of the spirit of life which is in Christ Jesus, the law of the new being has freed me from the law of sin and death. How powerful is that? Well, how do you break that down practically? What does that mean? It means that if you will get in and stay in Christ, you're not condemned. The force of life is working in you, and you don't follow the dictates of life. Once you've had a taste of the life in Christ, you don't want all these other things. The law of sin and death is replaced and no longer dominating your life. But listen, if you're in Christ, if you're in religion, won't work. If you're in church membership, won't work. If you're into ornamental Christianity, won't work. If you're into syncretism, adding a little bit from this faith system and this religion and this philosophy and trying to combine that with what Jesus teaches, it's not going to work. It's in Christ that you've been set free from the law of sin and death. So right now is not a time to stray from God. You know what time it is? It's time to get closer to Jesus than ever before. Use the time that you have. You know, whether you have been furloughed or it's just changed your schedule in such a way there's more free time, don't squander it. Don't waste it. Use it and explore that relationship you have with him and take it to a level you've never been before. Because I promise you this, on the back end of this thing, we come shooting out of this thing because of the glory of God downpour that God has prophesied and is sending for us. You and I want to be in a position to be used of God and to enjoy what he is doing in these last days. That's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The second law, that second leg of that stool, that will cause you to triumph over the flesh is the law of faith. Listen to this scripture in Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read this to you from uh, the Amplified. But it says that uh, then what becomes of our pride and our boasting, it is excluded or banished, ruled out entirely on what principle? On the principle, uh, you know, of uh, do, not good deeds, but on the principle or the law of faith. There is a law. In fact, the Bible tells us four times, the just shall live by faith. This isn't a great suggestion. It's not being a part of a faith camp. It's not even being a faith person. To be in Christ, to be in that flow, is to be a person who responds to, yields to, understands, walks in the law of faith. It's how we do what we do. It's the prescribed way of living. And we know faith comes by hearing. So nobody can say, well, I just can't comply with the law of faith. You know, I'm just a baby Christian or, you know, I'm not special. I'm not called to do anything. That's nonsense. The Bible says you've been given the measure of faith. You have the metron of faith. Now take that and grow that by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you make the word of God first place and final authority, your body is going to be controlled. Listen. If you're struggling with something and you yield to something in the body, all that means is that you didn't make the word of God first place and final authority. You weren't obeying the law of faith. And that's why you had defeat in that area. The mind is renewed when the body, when the, uh, you know, you make the word of God first place in the final authority. The body is controlled, but also the mind is renewed. You know, we think things before we do them. We think things before we say them. So it's incredibly important to have the mind in a place where it can walk in victory over the flesh. If you make the word of God first place in final authority, lining up with that law of faith, your emotions are going to be restrained. You'll feel things. You'll continue to experience emotions, good things and things that are not so good, that are negative. But what will happen is you won't run your life by what those emotions are saying. You'll run your life 
by the law of faith. And if you'll make the word of God first place and final authority, the will is going to be submitted to him. You know, if you find yourself at odds with what God wants, all you're saying is, I'm not walking by the law of faith. The law of faith means you're going to come down on the word of God every single time. You know, my wife said something to me years ago. She said, you know what? I know one thing about you that sooner or later what's going to happen is you're going to always come down on the side of the word of God. Well, I'll tell you what, that's the way we want to be. That's the way we need to be. Because if we want victory over this flesh, we have to follow the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, live in him, and we have to follow that law of faith. Listen to me carefully. If you'll make the word of God first place and final authority, you're going to have a controlled body, you're going to have a renewed mind, you're going to have emotions that are restrained, and you're going to have a will that's submitted to God. I can't think of anything more important right now during this COVID-19 crisis for real Christians to live out these spiritual principles and laws that bring us victory. And then there's a third one. It's simply called the law of love. Once again, I want to read to you from uh, Romans and going over to uh, chapter 13, if you want to turn there. Chapter 13, verse 8 says this, Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor who practices loving others has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow man, meeting all the requirements. Listen to this, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. Sounds like an awful lot of flesh to me. And any other commandment are summed up in the single command, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Why is it important to do this? Because the law of love never fails. If you stay in love, you're going to be victorious. For example... In Matthew 22, we're told to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. Basically, the scripture says that all the promises, every good thing that God has for us, all the promises, all of the intents, all the good things, everything hangs on those two specific commandments to love. It never fails. See, if you love God and people, there are certain things you're not going to do. You're not going to steal because you love the person you're stealing from. You're not going to kill because you love the person that you're killing. You're not going to step out on your wife because you love the person, you know, that may be attached to that person and you love your spouse. There are certain things you're not going to do. You're not going to bend the truth because you love God and you don't want to violate that love principle. If you'll daily focus on walking in love, you'll protect yourself from the fit of flesh. Why? The greatest of these, the Bible says, is love. Now, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the most you know, effectual, the most powerful is love itself. So here's the deal. You and I can either go through this season and, and let it build to get to a place of a fit of flesh, or we can make up our mind that we are going to crucify that flesh with biblical principles. We are going to have triumph over that flesh by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, walking with him closer than ever. This is not the time to take a vacation. Yeah, we're not meeting physically together right now, but we are by the spirit and we are by the word, and when the camera's off and nobody's pumping some kind of teaching into your living room or wherever you are, you need to be one with him like you never have before. And following the law of faith, 
making the word of God first place and final authority and following the law of love, you'll be triumphant. Now you've got all three legs of that stool. And when something comes to sit on it that's forceful, something comes to try to challenge it, it's going to uphold you in this season, in this time. I want you, if you would, just bow your head for a moment. I want you to think about how you're doing in these areas. Have you already yielded to a fit of flesh during this season? Have you already had something that you had to repent of because you let loose on somebody? Was it at a store? Was it a family member? Was it a co-worker? Maybe you're working and you're doing the work of 10 people because others are furloughed or because they can't get in, whatever the case may be. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to make up your mind that you're going to commit yourself to Christ in, in a way that maybe you haven't done in a very long time. And, and be, be sober-minded about this. Be serious about this. You're going to walk with him during this season like never. You're not going to backslide. You're not going to play games. You're not going to get cold towards the Lord. You're not going to make excuses. You're just going to get real. And you're going to accept, first of all, that that first law to keep is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's how we're delivered from the law of, of sin and death. We're going to be in Christ. We're going to be in faith. We're going to be in love. So as you just bow your heads right now, think about this. You know, how am I doing? How is the quality of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ? What is the quality and the nature of my walk with him? Am I truly, am I truly seeking him with everything inside of me? Am I truly doing what I'm supposed to do? Are you in faith right now? Are you in fear and worry and all kinds of things that are pressing in on you? No, it's a time to follow the law of faith like never before. Make the word of God first place and final authority. How are you doing? Are you, are you yielding to doubt and fear and unbelief? Are you wondering what's going to happen? Are you buying into the message of uncertainty? No, you're, the word of God is not uncertain and God is not uncertain. How are you doing when it comes to love? How's your love walk? Not only are you loving God, how are you doing with people? See, it's completely incorrect for you to think that, you know, it all, all that matters is my relationship with God vertically. No, your, your relationship with people is a reflection of your relationship with God. Is there something you need to deal with? You know, I don't know. I'm just here just sharing with you in this year of triumph. We want to make sure that we triumph over the flesh. So it doesn't spoil what God has for us. So in a, a fit of flesh, we don't lose everything that God is trying to do. I want you to hear me well. On the other side of this thing is a move of God like you have never seen before. On the other side of this thing is people in your family getting saved you never thought would get saved. On the other side of this thing are miracles we have never seen before. On the other side of this thing is a mass of souls being saved like we've never seen before. You don't want to be on the sidelines because of a fit of flesh. So I want you to stay in Christ, stay in faith, and stay in love. And let's pray about this right now. Let's just, as I pray this, you just pray with me quietly wherever you are. Mean this in your heart. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, thanking you for opening up the word of God to help us understand what the flesh is. It's not just the body, but it's every area and dimension of our lives that is still being sanctified. Father, our, our flesh is that uncontrolled body. Our flesh is that unrenewed mind. Our flesh is that unrestrained emotion. Our flesh is, you know, that unsubmitted will. 
And we repent, Father, where we have not been controlled, where we have not been renewed, where we have not been restrained, where we have not been committed and submitted to what you want. Father, we realize that this is the time to come to Christ and stay in Christ like never before. So we give our hearts and lives to you afresh and anew. We rededicate ourselves to your glory. Lord, take our lives, take our, our assets, our resources in this season and help make us a blessing to others as we follow you. We want to be in Christ and stay in Christ. We believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and we say with our mouth, Jesus is Lord and confession is made into salvation. So Lord, we ask you into our hearts afresh and anew. We thank you for a fresh start today, for new beginnings. And Lord, we dedicate ourselves afresh and anew to walking by faith, walking in a spirit of faith. And the only way we're going to do that is to either stay or get back in the Word of God. As Dr. Barkley said, to keep our faces in the book. Stay in the Word. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. And help us in every area. Anything that pertains to body, mind, soul, Lord, or even the will. We would make the word first place and final authority. Not the last place we go to, Lord, for counsel, but the first place we go to. And once your word is spoken, we're not going to pretend we didn't hear it. We're not going to pretend that somehow we don't know what the word says. We're going to stick to the word of God. And then, Lord, help us in Jesus' name. We repent for we've not walked in love not walked in love towards those we work with or those that we meet on the street or those in the workplace or those in, in the places where we shop, Lord. Father, forgive us for not demonstrating and walking in that law of love. Help us to get a great revelation. We are to love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and our strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Lord, these three laws produce triumph in the area of the flesh. Help us. Help us, Father, walk in these like we never have before. In Jesus' name.